Shucky Ducky is the man Oh, Shucky Ducky was a way for me to say, I am thrilled to be here. Why not just say that? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because, you know, we're going to tell you the truth. Give you the facts. Because we want you to be better informed to help take this nation back. Breaking news. Breaking news. Every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. How are you? Hey, Herman. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Uh, did you say earlier today on one of the newscasts that there are two bills being voted on? Yeah, they want uh, that. The Congress is uh, in the midst of trying to wrap up its work for the year. There's two main measures that are going to come before the House and Senate over the today and tomorrow as lawmakers try to get out of town for the holiday break and wrap up their work for this year. One is what is known as the Tax Extenders Bill. This is a bill that's being voted on in the House of Representatives today. Over the years, the Congress, for about, geez, the last 30 years or so, Herman, yeah. they have been extending on a temporary basis every year or two the, uh, the a whole bunch of business and personal tax breaks that, uh, uh, that are never made permanent or anything like that, but they can't get away from them or anything. So uh, this is an effort to make permanent some of them like on the issue of child tax credit and uh, some earned income tax credit items and more. So some of these things will be made permanent. Uh, but then a number of other items uh, that you've probably heard about in the news, like oh, uh, tax breaks for owners of racehorses or uh, NASCAR racetracks and, and more, those things will be extended for another year. And I think then there'll be an effort maybe next year by the Republicans to look at the issue of tax reform. But so... Today, the House will be voting on what is a $620-plus billion tax deal, depending on who's talking about it. It's either got a lot of pork in it or it's got a lot of good things. And so that gets through today, and then tomorrow in the House, they'll vote on the omnibus funding bill that funds the operations of the federal government. And then both of them are to be voted on most likely tomorrow on Friday by the Senate. And then that'll be the, uh, the, the checkered flag, and they'll get done for this year. I think... People want to know the bottom line on the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, that just depends on your point of view. Yeah. I mean, you know, the 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 sort of year-end mash everything into two big bills and send it through, a lot of people don't like that. But I have to say, that's sort of the way things get done uh, in this place. I mean, I look at, uh, for example, all the news releases that have been popping up the last couple of days. Uh, there's some intelligence reform legislation that was added into the omnibus. There's some stuff in there on cybersecurity. Uh, there's a whole bunch of, pro of provisions that uh, s uh, stave off some of the uh, big taxes from the Obama health law that are in there. So, you know, th there's... There's some Democratic items, and there's some Republican items. And really, when you get down to it, that's how this thing is going to get done, uh, a big bill like this, because we do have divided government. Right. And so there were a lot of negotiations between Speaker Ryan and Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Richard Vigory, who uh, uh, those of us who've been around for a little while know his name, a very familiar conservative, uh, for, dates way back uh, to the Reagan administration and before. Richard Vigory just sent out an email a little while ago. Uh, the um, What was the, the subject line? Uh, I thought I had it right here. It said... Uh, uh, Speaker uh, Ryan, Paul Ryan equals John Boehner. So, you know, there are some Republicans who look at this and they can't believe that these two big bills are being pushed through here at the end. They, of course, want to emphasize every single item that they like when, you know, this is the way that stuff gets done. You know, uh, Richard Vigorous' statement bothers me, and I have not seen it yet. 
and there are a lot of people who want to cast Paul Ryan. And this isn't because I had this great preference of Paul Ryan over John Boehner. This is what John Boehner has been warning us of. If Richard Vigory and all of these other critics out here want more than we got, start working on changing control of the White House and get more votes in the Senate. I mean, that's I'm not the, mad at you, Jamie. No, but no, this listen, is, that is the bottom line. Yes, here, it's the bottom line. Is that and, and what I'm watching, Herman, is I watch the Republican Party. I think we're going to have a nominee that splits the party. And I think we're going to have the exact same thing that we had in 2012 and 2008, maybe, where you got one part of the Republican Party that looks around and says, well, that nominee doesn't do everything I want. I'm not going to back that person. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, it, the, the levers of power that can be moved by controlling the White House uh, are immense. And it, just having control of Congress isn't enough. I hear all this talk about, you know, you got to fight harder, you got to use the congressional power of the purse. It, if you can't get a bill signed into law, I don't care. Uh, you know, again, we could have 240 true Tea Party members of the House of Representatives. You know, no, uh, uh, no, no rhinos or anything, no liberal Republicans, and they'd still have the same result. That's the thing. So I know a lot of people won't like all the stuff that's in this bill. Uh, I know that a lot of people will look at it and say, I can't believe Congress is, is doing these big measures at the end of the year. But you know what? This is sort of how the system works, and I'm not sure that's going to change anytime soon. It only changes. Things change when you change control. And I mean, you know, like you've indicated, and I agree with you, uh, if you have, if your party, and in this case, if we have a Republican president and a Republican-controlled House, even if you don't have the 60 votes in the Senate, you can get a lot more done with if you don't have that combination, okay? Oh, yeah. Obviously, it would be ideal if you had the 60 votes in the Senate. But uh, I think a lot of people on there, because as president, you have a lot of negotiating leverage. And this is what I don't think a lot of people, you know, feel. So I'm, I'm just expressing my frustration with all of the conservative organizations out there, some of the conservative voices out there, that no matter what the Republican-controlled House does and the Republican-controlled Senate does, even without 60 votes, it ain't enough. Yeah, well, you know, the other thing is it's sort of become a cottage industry here to have those groups, and they raise a lot of money, and they bring in a lot of cash as well, and, you know, they're self-sustaining. So that kind of internal uh, criticism does uh, make money, and it makes a lot of people a good living around this town in both political parties, Herman. That's the truth. So that's bottom line today. That's why uh, we need a different type of president. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> that, that bully pulpit uh, can be a big deal. And uh, listen, just uh, as we look at these two bills, one, it extends extends uh, all these tax breaks. Uh, some are made permanent, like an R&D tax uh, uh, credit that a lot of uh, businesses want. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, individual things that I'm sure will aggravate people. But then tomorrow you'll get into the omnibus, which for all the talk of, I, I keep reading stuff, there's all kinds of pork stuffed in here and everything. You know, we just don't operate like that anymore. I'll, I'll, you got to give John Boehner credit for one thing, uh, even if you don't like him. He did away with earmarks, and yeah. he did away with a lot of the special interest stuff that would get larded into these bills at the last moment. And you don't see stuff. Sure, there's a few things that get in there, but we're nothing close to what we used to have uh, just 10 years ago. But are you saying that some of that stuff is creeping into these bills? Uh, you know, I see every once in a while uh, things that are so written in such bureaucratic hieroglyphics 
that uh, it tells me that it's going to a certain provision in a certain program in a certain state. You know what I mean, Herman? I know. When when I read the bill text and I can't figure out for the life of me what it means, uh, that tells me that, that there's a little uh, something going on there. But, you know, we, we do a lot less in the pork barrel, way less. When people uh, will email me and say, well, how did $45 million get spent on, you know, I'm just pulling something out of the air, like, you know, the turtle tunnels and all that. That stuff is not coming from Congress. That's the, the money that goes to these federal agencies who then decide how to spend that money. So we hope to have the tax vote today in the House. We should have it in the next hour. Uh, then the budget vote tomorrow on the omnibus. Uh, I ran into a Senate official on the way into the building today who told me that she expects that the Senate will wrap up its work by Friday afternoon. And that should be the end of the year, quote-unquote, for the Congress for uh, this first session of this Congress. And then everybody will be back in January to start anew. Obviously, the race for president is sort of hanging over everything here and will certainly do next year. I thought it was interesting leaving Vegas yesterday and coming back here, just how much attention the Marco Rubio-Ted Cruz exchanges were continuing to get as the two of them were at opposite ends of the country, basically, and still having a long-distance battle. I really think, Herman, that that is going to get a lot more attention and a lot more play as we move forward. There are some distinct differences between the two of them, even though they're they're both first-term senators, they're both uh, younger, and they're both sort of uh, well-regarded in their party, but both have uh, some issues that make people within their own party a little aggravated. So we'll have to see where that goes. I, I do think it's emblematic, really, of a fight for the direction, in a sense, of where the Republican Party is going to go in the aftermath of the Obama administration. Going back to the uh, package for a moment, the delay of three Obamacare taxes, the uh, medical device, the Cadillac tax, and health insurance yep. tax, how long is the delay? Uh, I think each one is for a little different. I think the uh, Cadillac tax is delayed by two years. I want to say the medical device tax is uh, maybe a three-year delay. And so, uh, and a couple others are, are, are the two-year variety. But the fear is of those who support the Obama health law that these taxes that are being frozen in this agreement, that it's really going to hurt, that these things will never come back. That, you know, once you, do, once you freeze and do away with, on a temporary basis, the medical device tax, that it's not going to come back. Uh, that the Cadillac tax won't ever really go into effect on uh, more expensive employer health care benefits. So I think those are significant victories, actually, for the Republicans to be able to hold off on those taxes as part of the Obama health law. It undermines the health law a little, and, you you know, uh, those are the kinds of things that Republicans are going to be able to hang their hats on for sure coming out of this uh, uh, this deal. Again, a bill of this side, you can certainly find a way to oppose anything in here. Let me tell you, you can certainly do that. There's, there's something for everybody to support, and there's something for everybody to oppose. If you really want to oppose it, uh, you can do that. I'm looking at my uh, friend and colleague Dana Bash on CNN right now, and the story that she's uh, breaking, I think, is one that's going to get a lot more attention, is that Jeb Bush may publicly come out and say he is not going to back Donald Trump if Donald Trump is the GOP nominee. I think Bush was really uh, felt like that he, uh, he 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 did well in the debate the other night, and that by standing up to Donald Trump, and in his mind being the only one who has stood up to Donald Trump, that he might get himself a little more attention and separate himself from the rest of the GOP field. So for everybody out there who has been saying that uh, Jeb Bush is dead and he's got no chance, 
I think you're going to see a big push by the Bush people in the next couple of weeks, using Christmas and going into January, to try to separate him out as the one guy in the field that will stand up to Donald Trump and see if they can uh, uh, sort of revive his candidacy that way. You know, I have a slightly different opinion on that. And, uh, you know, I know Dana Bash, like you said, Dana Bash is talking about that. They have tried everything in the book to move Jeb Bush's numbers. And his outright, seemingly, singular attack against Trump has not helped him. So now this is like the kid who says, well, if I can't start and play pitcher, I'm taking my ball and I'm going to run home. That will divide the party, Jamie, more than anything else that's going on. The establishment folk. I'm not mad at you, Jamie, but I'm frustrated with this. They are determined to bring down Trump at all costs, even if it it divides the party. And the establishment folk are the one who are going to be leading that division, in my humble opinion. Well, it's like I always say, one guy's acceptable to one side, the other guy's not acceptable to the other, and they're all under the same tent. It's going to make for a very interesting next few months. It really will. Well, Jamie, thank you very much. See you, Armin.